Howdy y'all, and welcome to another edition of Archer Shack Shop Talk. I'm Jeremy. I'm TJ. We're back again. This will be podcast number seven. Thank y'all for listening, commenting, watching, calling us, all that stuff. We really appreciate it. And initially we were like, we're going to do three or four maybe. Just kind of, you know, if we don't really hear from anything, we'll just stop. And I really thought we wouldn't, but... Y'all have called the shop and said, hey, we'd like to hear about this. And you've emailed us and the whole nine yards. So I appreciate it. And uh, yep. we'll, we'll keep them going. So, uh, I'm surprised they want to listen to us. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we appreciate the feedback. We're in the process of getting a better sound system going. we got a mixer and all that. We're fixing to hook up. But um, that'll be in the next few weeks. I do have a number uh, for you. And I'll try to put it in the comments. This number you can call and leave a voicemail, and we'll actually play it as a question on the um, on the podcast. Or you can text this line and text in your question. But it's not a man number, so if you call it, nobody, nothing will happen. But it's eight four three five six zero nine eight nine eight. Again, eight four three five six zero nine eight nine eight and you can leave a voicemail and say hey i'd like to talk or just say hey this is jeremy i'd like to uh know and ask a question or whatever however you want to word it and we'll actually insert that clip or a part of it into our podcast and then we'll answer it or talk about it so texas or voicemail would be great and we're still working on the for the live call in mm-hmm. we're still trying to get some bugs worked out yeah. on it we, so. we tested the system this week and we we got it kind of where we need it but we're going to change some stuff because the quality wasn't great so uh we're getting there this yeah. is what podcast seven we got some more guests lined up in a few weeks and, yeah uh, you know hunting season going on most of the people are pretty much out in the woods right now so yeah. um and it's been super hot in south carolina oh man it's literally been in the 90s until today. Today is Saturday, as we're recording this, October 5th, and it was like 70, 71 today. Mm-hmm. And literally yesterday, it was 97. Seven? I think 97. And every day before that was mid to high 90s. So yeah. we're thankful that it's cooling off, and nobody's wanting to hunt in 95, 98 degree weather. So we're finally getting there. I seen a meme on Facebook that said, uh, Something about with us being 95 degree weather, I guess that's how we're going to start deer hunting. It was a guy in his swimming pool in his underwear and a camouflage shirt with his bow. <laughs> I was like, that kind of, yeah. if you're able to do that, more power to you. That'd be the way to hunt. I just, I don't know about all this heat. It's been bad. We've really not had that many people come in and say they've shot deer. I've seen a few on Facebook of people, our customers, but. Yeah, I think it's so hot. A lot of people hadn't even messed with it a lot. I mean, I know a lot of people have. Don't get me wrong, but I hadn't seen but a handful of, of deer being shot, and I hadn't seen anything super big yet. Well, a buddy of ours, he killed that big one opening day. Which one? Russell killed that big. True, I, Russell. He did shoot a big one. Um, we'll have him on here, but they are the makers of. Yeah, they make some cool scent. We got cover I scent. I should have had it here to show it. It's actually sitting right over there. They got a smoke and an evergreen, and the smoke pretty much is just you know the deer don't pick up your scent because you smell like smoke, and it really smells like straight up burning leaves. Yeah, yeah. And smoke. then the evergreen's more of a tree scent, but both of them mm-hmm. smell great. And uh, they got a big following here in the upstate. That stuff's like seven dollars for a big spray bottle. Mm-hmm um i don't know if we could ship it without it leaking but if you're local swing by and check it out give it a sniff oh yeah but um yeah russell killed a good one and And, uh uh, another guy down here he killed he killed a decent one um chuck yeah yeah he killed one up at the airport he killed a good size one um bows are starting to release i don't agree at all with bows releasing early i don't even i think that it should be after hunting season when hunting bows release because everybody's got their 2019 bow hunting season just got started and then like us for example here we are sitting on a decent number of 2019 bows but now the 2020 bows are out so now what do we you know what i mean like i just and when they change them they keep the same model but change cams and all that it kind of leaves us with old stuff that we got to figure out what to do with but 
new bows are releasing. Uh, we're going to talk about them for a little while. Mainly it's PSE and Bear, mm-hmm. and Matthews has released some tournament stuff. We'll talk about all that stuff uh, right here in a second. But October, well, I guess it was October 1st, and I don't remember that. There was a day or two there. They were PSE and Bear were both dumping yeah. out. I, we were, I think Bayer was originally October 1st, but I guess when PSE decided to re- release on the 1st, I think Bayer went ahead and jumped it a day early to gotcha. September the 30th. I don't know that if that's true or not, but I think that's what it was. I really, I, I, this is just my personal opinion, but a lot of these boat companies could do a better job on social media because I, I literally didn't see anything about the majority of these bows being released until y'all were talking about it in the shop or whatever like and i'm like oh yeah i forgot that was the day like i hadn't seen nothing on facebook or nothing and i know they did put stuff but if it was me you know a couple two or three four weeks a month ahead i'd be dropping little hints every day trying to get people's you know what i mean it's just like i don't know and my other disagreement with them dropping bows in october is I feel like they're rushing the process, trying to get something, just something ready to throw out real quick for next year. You know, we got to have it ready, got to have it ready. And then what happens to us is they'll send us maybe a preview pack if we get lucky of a couple bows. And then it might be two or three months until the mm-hmm. majority of them are ready to ship. So it's like, hey, here's our new bows. Look, look at this. Look at this. We got four of them on the wall and we pretty much can't get any for a while. So once we sell those or whatever, we're kind of sitting in a weird spot but anyway i just wish they'd wait till the ata show in january let hunting season get over and then come out with the new bows and not only come out with them but be like we, we've built them they're ready to ship and here they are and it used to be that way well i my question is to that is how far along are these engineers and developers that coming out with how i wonder how far in advance i don't know working on that i don't know of any other company but i do know back at bucks and bass when we were tight with matthews they told me you know they were two to three years ahead of of at least knowing semi what they're going to do i mean i would think most of these companies are but then you get to wondering because there's like so many companies that will come out with a bow and it's a good bow and then the next year there's just the minor, you know what I mean? Like it'll keep the same riser and they'll keep the same. It'll just be the minor little tweak and they're just trying to milk it for another year. And it's like, well, why? You know, and then it's like you can almost guarantee certain companies they'll have a good year and then they'll have an off year. And then they'll have a little bit better year and then they'll have an off year. It's like good year, bad year, good year, bad year. Just because they're coming out with something cool and then they're milking it for another year. So I don't know, or even two or three years, but. So let's look at let's start with uh, let's start with Matthews. Matthews did not release any hunting bows. They only released tournament bows. Two of them, the TRX thirty six and the TRX forty. Um, and I do think we don't even sell Matthews here, but I do think tournament bows should come out now. Tournament season just ended. Now's the time for tournament bows to come out, and then. Late December, early January is when the shooting starts. So now is the time for tournament bows. Well, and you know, PSE, they released theirs at the last ASA, ASA shoot. Yeah, I think that's smart. Um, I do too. And as far as like tournament bows and stuff, we'll probably get, you know, later on in the podcast, we'll do a tournament edition. Yeah. But with target bows, how, I wonder how the pros and everything keep with as much coverage as Lancaster puts on and and Bow Junkie and all that, as much coverage and, you know, cameras and everything that's out, how do those new bows not get leaked? That's what I'm I've all I've kinda wondered that the last few years because you'll see I know it's like the day they released Lancaster's got it and a few people like on YouTube or something. And I seen that with Bear. Honestly, when the Bears came out I first seen it because I got a notification on YouTube and it wasn't even from Bear. It was from somebody else I follow on YouTube. And it was like, so-and-so's reviewing the new uh, Status Echo. And I was like, what is this? And I click on it and then I get to digging and they've released bows. But anyway, I don't know how they don't leak it. Uh, I know it seems to me like the reps are a little more tight-lipped than they used to be. I remember back used to a rep a month or so ahead of time would be like, yeah, here's what's coming out. Don't tell anybody. And, you know, most people wouldn't. But then you get on Archery Talk and somebody have the exact same thing on there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, maybe they sign some sort of thing and say, hey, if it, we track a leak back to you, this is going to happen type yeah. of thing. But 
the TRX 40 from Matthews is a 40 inch bow, tournament bow, of course, seven inch brace height, rated at 325. It looks about like the rest of their TRX series bows, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Let's see here, 4.77 pounds, 25 and a half, 32 inch draw. MSRP is eighteen fifty, which I would imagine a dealer would probably be retailing that at about what sixteen, either sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, somewhere in there. Seven inch brace height. It looks like a sharp bow. And then let me back up here. We're not a Matthews dealer, so we we we're just throwing numbers out there because we don't know what their yeah, what their actual what MSRP or is it map? Oh, uh, well, MSRPs are recommended. I don't think they have a map price. Map. Uh, the TRX 36, 36 inches, six and a half inch brace height, 334 IBO. Um, still the 1850 price tag, 24 and a half to 30 and a half inches. They all look sharp. I'll be curious to see who shoots what. That 36 inch bow would probably be a pretty sweet lengthwise bow but they also got the trx 38 from a couple years ago and it was a good length too mm -hmm. so i don't know if i was shooting a matthews i don't know i'd have a hard time i think that 38 is probably still in the sweet spot yeah but anyway they released those tournament bows and then bear came out with some stuff um and i hadn't really we got some bear books in yesterday i honestly have not researched these bows yet and i figure the rep will come by with them in the next week or two and we'll scope them out and get to shoot them but um the status echo the echo is a new cam it's a binary cam that goes up to 90 percent let off i think that's what they're really pushing this year mm -hmm. i think it's from 75 percent to 90 percent so it off. looks it looks like the psc it's, it's like what psc did with the evolve cam except for don't have that five-piece string set yeah it's uh they did away with the bus cable and just made it yeah, a binary too. cam yeah. um looks like it's going to retail at a thousand 344 on the feet per second six inch brace height 33 inches um looks like a nice looking bow they went back to the double string stop this is the bear status echo it's a legend series which means only the pro shops can get them not the box stores Looks like they added a little bit of weight to this one. It's 4.3 pounds on weight. So, one cool thing they are doing on a couple of these bows is they're offering the old Fred Bear camo. So, I thought that was cool. As if you can see, the back of their book is got it on there. Um, that's the what they call their Fred Bear pattern. What pretty much every picture of Fred Bear you ever seen, he was wearing yeah. that type of, yeah. of jacket or. Um, it looks like that they did away with the, they discontinued the uh, Approach HC. We did well with that bow this year. And it looks like the Paradox has taken its place. What's the specs on it? Let's see, the Paradox is 340 feet per second, still at 4.3 pounds, six inch brace height, 32 axle to axle, 75% let off, and a 26 to 30 inch draw, so. Hmm. And it's pricing at four ninety nine ninety nine. So, yeah, they kept the perception, which is that shoot through riser thing. That I think what the rep told us was they just wanted to do it to say they did it. They only made like two hundred fifty of them. I imagine they're just trying to get rid of the rest of them. They kept the Kuma thirty, the Kuma LD. Um, they kept the Divergent, and they put the new cam on the Divergent, the Echo cam, so you can get it either way. But with the Echo cam, it comes and it's thirty inches long and yeah, twenty eight. Let's see. I got the specs on it, and it's gonna, and it's still gonna retail for that seven hundred dollars, just like the Divergent did. Yeah. Um, four point one pounds, six and a half inch brace height, thirty inch axle to axle. That seventy five to ninety percent let off, and then twenty six to thirty inch draw. Hmm. And as I was looking through here, I didn't know they had done this, but for any of you out there that knows the rambo movies and first blood and all that they're he's doing the last one rambo last blood and they've actually got a bow if i'm not mistaken and i read right and i i, I hadn't researched this this is just off the hip but they used that bow in that last rambo mm -hmm. movie and he he did whatever with it so i, I guess what i he he actually called bear and wanted to work with him because i think in 
Rambo uh, First Blood Part Two. I think that was a bear that he had with the exploding uh, tip. Yeah. Tip. Anyway, it's, it looks pretty cool. It's got red cams on it. <clears throat> uh, it's going retail for like nine hundred bucks. Six inch brace height, thirty three inch uh, bow. I'm looking. Is it? Tell no. What is it? Thirty three. Looks like it's only going to be offered in seventy five percent let off. It looks like it's got the same cam as the Divergent does now. Yep. I was just trying to see what it looked like. But yeah, it looks like a cool bow, red cams. It's, what speed is it, does it say? 345. 345, that's not bad. Mm-mm. So that's sort of the bear. Oh, uh, tell, them, <laughs> tell them about the Whisker Biscuit. Um, Whisker Biscuit, I mean Whisker Biscuit. Trafer Ridge does, has them now, but the Whisker Biscuit, they redesigned it, and it looks nothing like your original Whisker Biscuit or the Quick Shot Biscuits. We, we were given a heads up of, hey, they're fixing to make, well, what, they, the rep told us re, they've redesigned the biscuit to where it'll fit any size arrow. So in my head, I can imagine some sort of a twisting thing to where the, the hole gets bigger or smaller, not... Well, I can't wait to see one of these new devices. I, I can't either, and it's going to be hard for y'all to pick up on camera. Just Google it. I'm sure. Google. Go, to, go to the Bear website. Yeah. Um, Whisker Biscuit, you, their top of the line one is the V-Max, and then you've got the V-Con, the V-Plus, and then the standard V. I hadn't heard. It's a triangle. Right? Yeah. So if you can't see it, it's a triangle. Um, and... I guess you can adjust, you know, the triangle for the arrow size and all that stuff, but be interested to get your hands on. I one really of those. think it'll work. It's just going to take some getting used to. You know what I mean? It's and I don't know the prices on them yet. It's probably going to be about the same as they were uh, for the regular biscuit, but it's different. They're wild looking, that's for sure. They're when really I different. when we got the book, and I was flipping through it just looking, um, and I seen that whisker biscuit, and I'm like, what in the world? Yeah. It just it's. And then they've also got the replacement, you know, the biscuit yeah. part of it. And you can get, looks like you can get a black, flow green, red, and flow orange in those on the repra uh, replacements. There's the Fred Bear camo on the back of that book. I didn't even notice it. Yep. That's pretty cool. Um, looks like they kept the sinks. I don't see anything new on those. I don't think they did any new sites that I could see. I just barely got a chance to glance through here as we was winding down. Even, I hadn't even looked at it, but and like I say, the rep will come by with the stuff. We'll really know more here in the next couple of weeks. But PSC, um, they came out with some stuff. They got in the carbon stuff. They got the Carbon Air Stealth Mach One. Looks like it's a little bit different riser. Um, they still got the Carbon Air Stealth EC. They got it in a short draw cam, the EM. Um, they got one called a bandit that kind of reminds me of a bow madness looking riser, but it's got the five piece, mm -hmm. um, string system. They got the Evo and they got it. What the NX, the Evo NXT 31, 33, 35. Is that right? And then they've got a 35 LD. Okay. I have a hard time sometimes keeping up with PSE because they'll take a bow. They had the. Evo, what, 20, 2010, 11, somewhere in there, 12. Yeah. Now they got another Evo. They, I wish they would quit renaming bows the same thing because it, it's a mess. But uh, On the LD, the specs are 7-inch brace height, 35 axle to axle. Um, IBO speeds are 316, 324. And the draw length range is from 26.5 to 32, so that'll open up. A yeah. lot of doors for some long draw archers. Here's the Evo NXT 33. It is 322 IBO, 80-90% let off, 26.5 to 32 inch draw. Um, pretty much all it's telling me. Looks like maybe PSC's has got a little bit on the slower side this year, but maybe it'll be Maybe it's sort of, I hadn't shot them yet, but maybe it's sort of like the Elite. You know what I mean? When Elite came out, everybody's like, oh, God, they're slow. But they shot, you know what I mean? It had a good back wall yeah. and all that. Maybe that's what. And they did a, they kept the Stinger. They call it the Stinger Max. Um, let's see what specs are on it. The Brute NXT. Yeah, so they look like they brought back the 
7 inch brace height, 30 inch axle to axle, 304 to 312 on speed, 80% let off. That can't be right on this one. Was it so? Uh, yeah. It actually looked like that they uh, added some little short draw. It goes from 21 and a half to 30 inch draw. Hmm. Um, actually, you can get this one in some colors too. Besides camo, they've got mossy oak country, true timber, strata, black, charcoal, muddy girl, purple, and white. I kind of thought, and they tricked me, but uh, I figured PSE would have came out with a speedboat again. You know what I mean? It's kind of, we're past the full throttle. The Expedite was, what, two years ago? And yeah. I mean, it's still a speedy bow, and they still have it. This Mach 1 Carbon Air Stealth uh, bow, it's IBO and at 332. Anyway, you have to get on PSE's website. They got so many bows, I'm getting them mixed up here, but and don't. Like, don't take our words and everything to heart. This is just, we have not shot none of these bows yeah, or yeah. anything. We're just on our computers looking and telling what we see. Um, so don't take it to heart. That's not how we really feel about these bows. We just, you know, that's the reason why we do this, doing this podcast is just, this is what we talk about in the shop. And around this time of year with new bows and everything, but don't, you know, don't hate us for it yet because... Like I said, we haven't shot none of the new bows yet. Let's see what they did with crossbows here. You got one call. They got the Coalition, still got the Fang, Fang HD. Oh, they cut it back. It's just those four. And then two of the little rinky dink ones, the little Vipers. Yep. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, check them, check them out. The, I'll say one thing. The risers look slick on the uh, Evo series bows. It looks like a fat... What does that remind? Almost like an elite riser, I guess. It does. It really looks like an elite riser. No cage now. Still got that five-piece uh, system. The string system. That gives them all that let off the way they got that rigged up. Speaking. Oh, it does have a plastic grip now. It's not just bare metal. Yeah, they added that. I'll they be, added a grip to it. I'll be curious to shoot that and see what aftermarket ones get offered. But anyway, so that's PSE Bear, Matthews. I think that's all, as of us recording this, all that's Rele released. You touched on the PSEs. I flipped over to Bear to their crossbows. Um, they've come out with a Constrictor, a Constrictor CDX, um, and a tent, intense, intense CD, and then they've got a couple, they've got a couple handhelds. Um, still got the Saga. They still got the Saga 405, which for the, you know, for the money, that's not a bad crossbow whatsoever. Yeah. Um, the Constrictor and the Constrictor CDX are 410 feet per second, um, 10 inches uh, at, at cocked. Um, 14 at rest, 190 pound draw weight, and, hmm. and they're running between five and six, and ain't bad looking little crossbows. Yeah, it looks sharp. They got a adjustable, looks like an AR style buttstock on them. I'll be curious to look at some of them. Yeah. I really think when Barrett, what was it, about two, three years ago, they came out with, what was it, the Bear X or whatever they yep. call them, series of crossbows. They look sharp. And I, almost, I didn't order any, but I almost did back then. And uh, I think it was one of the most overlooked crossbows. I think they're, I mean, that Sago, it sells for like 300 bucks and it's got an adjustable stock. Comes with a quiver, bolts or arrows, whatever you want to call them, scope. It's hard to beat, hard to beat. We, uh, we had some bows shipped in from people seeing our podcast and our videos. And thank you very much for shipping them in. Uh, we restrung some. We're finally, finally getting to the end of our, uh, I make it sound like we're about to die, but that's what we're here for. We're, but we're getting to the end of our local uh, busy season. Yep. But after a two to three month, just hammering away every day, every day, every day, people piling in here and dropping bows off and needing stuff done. They're the last month, you know, they want it done right now. And we do as the best we can. But now that we're kind of taking a breath, um, 
we're having some people ship in some bows and that's worked out good had one guy um he said hey i'm going on a hunt in about a week and a half if i get it to you can you get it back to me if it was in the middle of what we just came out of there's no way we could have done it but we were toward the end of it and i said i'll make sure it happens and sure enough he got it back today and it's he's been real happy so um thank y'all and mm-hmm. we had some arrows ordered uh just all kinds of stuff you know the best way uh, is either you know call us eight six four seven three five eight four eight four and just talk just talk about what you're needing to do, and then like if you're needing custom arrows built, the best way is to email so that we can kind of you know because people nobody wants normal stuff anymore they want all this crazy stuff uh, it seems like you know they want a lime green wrap on the front going to a purple with a special lighted knock and a 127 yep. grain tip and all that and we can do all that stuff but if you email me archeryshack at gmail.com and tell me exactly what you're needing that's the easiest way for me to get back to you with a price on arrows and then us keep track of what we've talked about you know because we get so many calls every day i can't remember what i did an hour ago much less, you know so we have a um, for our bow strings we have archeryshackstrings.com uh we sell a lot of those and that keeps us we have an order queue you know when somebody orders one it pops up it keeps us right on track with that i guess i should maybe add arrows to that somehow it's just there's so much different stuff you can do with arrows you know yeah it's it's kind of hard to keep up with the cool thing with arrows is we work with one string or arrow wraps you know like if you wanted your logo on an arrow or your club name or your kid's picture or i mean we had that we had one guy a couple years ago come in he's like i want my girlfriend's picture on these wraps and i was like okay I ordered them four days later had them on the air i called him i said hey you ready airs are ready and he said man i got bad news and i said what he said me and my girlfriend broke up <laughs> and i said well, what what do you want me to do you know because i i could have took some alcohol or something and tried to scrub that off and he's like no nah, i'm just gonna use them as my squirrel arrows i was like man <laughs> but we've put pictures logos names anything you can come up with team. we've done i've had them make budweiser wraps skull i mean anything you can think of we'll have to order it but they usually have them here in like three to four days max so mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty cool and they give us some uh templates and i can send you all those and say which one of these looks good to you and we can go from there but thank y'all for shipping in bows and yeah. uh call us email us if we can help black eagle is coming out with a new arrow i think i hadn't heard anything about it other than i seen the specs for the um tips and it looks like it's going to be a small diameter uh target arrow and it's going to be an expensive one that's all i know but it's supposed to hit i think middle of this month or something like that i know i'm just i think hoyt's normally around halloween i think oh hoyt bows yeah 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 so and then that they'll probably be in line with that for the last little bit of october um usually by november we should know matthew well no about the second week in november matthews and then hoyt should be there prime uh should be out obsession i, I heard was going to be november um i think elite and botech do wait to the ata don't they i know botech does i, I hadn't heard anything about elite i seen somebody post on one of those things on facebook the other day that they'd called and asked and they just told them when the time is right um they'll release everybody it. know so um, hadn't really heard anything about Prime yet, but I do know the rep will be coming in the next month with, with whatever the new ones are. So that'll be cool. Yeah. We did really well with Primes. Well, we started with them last year, had a good year. Then we, this year we ordered almost three times as many as we did the first year, did real well with them. So I'm, I'm, I think that's going to keep growing. It's what we're shooting. Our tournament bows are Prime bows and they shoot real well. I'll put the Prime this year, the Prime CT3, I would put that up against any bow out there. It may not be the fastest, but it is a smooth shooting bow. Mm-hmm. What questions have they emailed in I, this time around? This is a pretty good one right here because you don't really think about this. So, um, looking to get back into archery going to try to find a used bow with some accessories he's on a budget um he's been looking around i don't know where he's been looking but he said the ones that he's found so far are 10 plus years old hmm. so you know how old is too old on a used bow i mean 
I'm thinking 10 plus years ago is Matthew switchbacks, outbacks. Still good stuff. I mean, good stuff. I mean, as long yeah. as it's in decent shape, not yeah, ten, beat up. 10 years would be, like you say, switchbacks. And actually, that's a little over. Actually, yeah. that's a good bit over 10. That's more like 14, 14 15. 15. yeah. Bear had, I remember when Bear came out with like the Truth, Truth 2, Game Over. I remember that was, I was like, these are some nice bows from mm -hmm. Bear. And uh, I would... I guess 15 years is kind of where I've still got my old Q2XL from 2001 or two, and I still occasionally dust it off and shoot it. Now I can tell it was a 70% let off. I can tell there's not a whole lot of let off. It was only like 310 IBO and blah, 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 but that's still plenty and it shoots good. But then you go back a couple years before that and that's kind of to me where it starts getting a little older, a little mm -hmm. way slower, you know what I mean? So yeah. I'd say, you know, I would almost say it depended on brand. That's I mean, true too. That's true too. Because one thing you got to look at too, when you start getting into some of the older bows, they don't make parts for them anymore. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. Um, that's true. But I mean, Archery Talk, eBay, stuff. even like even Elite ten years ago was really just starting, starting. you know, or getting going decent, and then. Uh, but then, like Matthews, they were established well. Mm -hmm. Hoyt, 10 years ago, was heavy cam and when they, well, it was a little over 10 years, heavy cam and a half type stuff, you know what I mean? And everybody was just kind of like, is this good, bad, whatever? But they really blew up. Darton was the one that started it, but they blew up the hybrid cam system, you know? And that yes. was taking off. This is 2019. Yeah, they were really taking off with that stuff. And it was like 28, 29 inch bow, and it had them super parallel limbs, and it was like the first bow. I was like, man, this is short, and it looks real good. Mm -hmm. But that was about 10 years ago. They were, the Axe, PSE Axe 6, Axe 7, those were big bows. But yeah, 10, 15 years, you should be fine. But like TJ said, according to brand, some stuff you may want to watch out for. And there was a couple brands that came along that are no longer there. You know, uh, and we're, I'm not dissing on any brands. I'm just saying. K has gone, and Struther I think got sold out, and all kind of stuff happened. And you know, P Parker would be. Parker's gone. I'm thinking yeah. of Parker, but you Parker. know, they're out of business. I ain't bashing any brands, but I just think you start getting that far back. I mean, yeah. there's good stuff out there. Yeah. You, you just have to. True. Do a little research. You know, Google is. Mm -hmm. You know, Google is a world of knowledge yeah. and YouTube and. You know, if you're local, you can call us. And, you know, if you're not local, just, just go you, to your pro shop. Yeah, go to your pro shop. You know, sometimes you're going to get mixed reviews. You post something on Facebook in one of those groups, but you can kind of weed out some of the stuff. I've seen people post, hey, is this a good bow? And it'll vary from people saying, oh, man, that's trash to that's a great bow to whatever. So I don't know. I guess everybody's just so opinionated, but. And you know he said that he's getting looking to get back into it. So he's he's been in it before. Yeah. But, so he should know kind of. But I thought that was a pretty good question, just to, especially nowadays with people being on budgets. Oh yeah. You know you don't want to go out and spend. We had a guy come in today, and he was like, "Tell me the the differences in a lower end, middle of the road, and higher end price wise bow, and what am I going?" feel different and I just quickly was like well you know on the low end you're going to spend about 400 bucks for a little package it's probably going to be adjustable and that type of thing but it will have some riser vibration maybe a little kick you know that type of thing it may not be the speediest of bows on the middle of the road stuff you're going to be between say six and eight hundred bucks you know you're going to be a little quicker the bow excuse me the bow itself is probably going to look a little more sleek look a little better still you know, maybe have not as much let off. I mean, I'm gonna throw, this is just in general, because I know somebody's gonna comment and be like, oh, so-and-so makes a bow for 650 that shoots like this. But I know, I know, I'm just in general. And then I said, you get up to that $1,000 plus range, you generally have a super nice finish, you know, 
the, the bow itself is going to look great. And then according to what you want, it's either going to be super fast or have that super good uh, back wall. You know, it's just going to not have much vibration, that type of thing. So just according to what what you want. They're a little, you know, in, in the upstate or in game zone two, which what we're in, you know, our archery season is pretty much technically it's gone into primitive, which is, mu you know, smoke pole, muzzleloader. Mm -hmm. But I'd be curious for people to comment on this video or podcast, however you watch it. So we're in upstate South Carolina. The way our deal works is we have both season that opens on September 15th and then it rolls for about two, two and a half weeks. And then we have muzzleloader open for another couple of weeks and then rifle finally opens. So as an archery shop owner, I'm glad of that because it helps our business for people to only have the choice to use a bow. Now we also have some public land up the road called Fence Grove and it's bow only. And it is, I don't know how many acres, but it is a huge, huge plot of land that helps us as well. Now the low part of South Carolina down near the coast, low country, it just opens up on August 15th and you can shoot whatever. And I've always wondered how do shops down there, and I know you you always have your bow hunting only people and that's great, but I feel like up here we have people that bow hunt because they have to bow hunt, mm -hmm. but in, in ultimately that helps us out, you know? Yeah. I mean... Anyway, I was just saying, comment. I'd be curious to know what other states do. Do you have a certain time that's bow only and then rifle opens, or does it all just open up at one time? If you're not in South Carolina, I'd be curious to know how your season works. Yeah, me too. I've, I've tried to look into other places. I know... I know some places are archery only, and then there's like a week that you can use muzzleloader mm -hmm. and shotgun. There's no no rifle. You see, either muzzleloader or shotgun. Um, but I think the reason I say that is now that you know we're we're in, actually as, as we speak it's muzzleloader season. Yeah. Um, but you can still hunt archery equipment through the whole season. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's september 15th to the 30th and then that's it you can't use a bow you can yeah. use a bow all season long but make sure that you know if you shoot at a deer you shoot a deer or you know you out back just making a little tweak here and there before you go hunt always yeah, check be, your air be yeah. ethical you know what i mean because we have a lot of people come in on that last week or two before the season starts and they're like all i need to do is shoot for two weeks this this thing just needs to shoot but if you go outside and watch them shoot i mean literally some of them can't keep it on a three foot by three foot bag target. And I'm thinking in my, is in my belief, that's not ethical. You know what I mean? Like at least get down to a little bit smaller in a paper plate at 20 yards. You know, I've seen people out there flinging arrows all over the place and thinking there's no way they should be going to try to shoot a deer. Not only can they not hit the bag target out here at 20 yards, but you know, if they're in a stand and, the adrenaline's hit them and all that. There's no way. And I think a lot of the people that come in and say, oh, I hate XYZ broadhead because it didn't kill this deer. I really, really, really know that 99% of those... Uh, shot placement. Yeah, they've either hit it in the shoulder or they made a completely bad shot or whatever. I can guarantee you that because I don't know. I have often wanted, and I'm not going to do it because I don't think it's ethical, to take a field tip and go kill a deer and when all these people come in hollering about, oh, this broadhead, and it's not ever a, just one brand, you know what I mean? Like if everybody come in and said, the Cheek Broadhead, the Jeremy Cheek Broadhead never works, you know what I mean? And we'd probably be like, all right, everybody that's come in and said that broadhead sucks, let's quit selling it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's always a different one, and oh, I don't think the blade's opened, and oh, it didn't penetrate, and blah, 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 blah. And it can be a different broadhead for every person that walks in. It's shot placement. It is 100% shot placement. I, I agree 100%. And I think even the people that practice may not practice elevated. You know what I mean? Yeah. What happens if you got to shoot almost straight down? Do you know what your air is going to do? You know, what happens if this, what happens if that? I don't think people practice it. You know, get up, climb, use a climber, get up in the tree with a little whatever. I don't care if it's a block or a deer. And then also think about, you know, if you're in an angle, quartering or up high or whatever, you know, where you're aiming at for the, say the heart, you know, you're going to, have to change that according to what angle you're at. Think about where the air is going in and where it's coming out at. But well, I just think people don't think about any of that. You know, 
once you make the shot and everything just and yeah you know i done i went home last night and pulled out my bow and i shot it a couple times i plan on trying to go hunting in the morning and more afternoon i just wanted to make sure everything was on yeah if you hit an air or slap an air or if you get a shot if you get a shot at your animal or deer or whatever your hog or anything if you get a pass through and you hit something you know you're going to impact the ground if you get a pass through there's no you know always check your airs just make sure that nothing you know check your broadheads check oh, yeah. your airs you knock here's a good example remember when the crimson talon broadhead came out it looked like a muzzy yep but the blades were twisted they were swept yeah and uh what i nobody had told me this i used to fletch my arrows with i think it was a left hand helical my hunting arrows and uh before I went hunting a day or two, I went out and shot one at 40 yards and the dang broadhead untwisted from the arrow mid-flight and the broadhead went one way and the arrow went the other. And I thought, what just happened? So I kind of had an idea of what had happened. I did it one more time and did the same thing. So I fletched some arrows with a right helical, shoots perfect. I would have never known that was going to happen had I not went out there and done a little test shooting. A lot, of, a lot of broadheads send a test broadhead, you know, this welded shut or whatever now. Definitely shoot that. But I'd also recommend one time at least taking the actual broadhead and, and shooting shoot it. it one time, you know, just to make sure. Because uh, sometimes broadheads don't fly the same as field tips. And that can be, a, we can get into 100 things over that. It could be yeah. the, the insert's not square, the bow's not tuned right, whatever. But shoot it and see what's going to happen before you go shoot a deer in the ass and then don't know what. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Anyway, that's like we had a guy come in earlier today, and you never really think about this. You never really think about a close shot. Boat. I mean, in bow hunting, you're thinking that 20, 30 yard range. And me personally, I don't even think I've shot at something at, 10, at my target at 10 yards. Yeah. So he had a deer walk out at 15 yards on him he now he said it was a little bit too dark but mm. he said he could still see his pen his peep yeah. and the animal and he he hit the deer but he hit that magical no man land spot up there where yeah. there was no yeah. vitals or anything and it got me to thinking well you you know i shoot a single pin sight and i know from 20 to 40 i can leave it at 20 yards mm -hmm. and pretty much i'm good to go a little drop at 40 to adjust with but 20 30 i'm good yeah. you don't think to take that extra practice shot about 10 15 yards just to see yeah because when that air comes out it's starting to arc so you got to aim just a little oh, bit yeah. low so and i mean there's a hundred other things to talk about like i'll usually take my single pin and set it on like 20 and then i'll back up and see where does it really start dropping like what if it's set on 20 and i've got to make a 28 yard shot what do i need to do you know what i mean or a 30 mm -hmm. yard or what if it's set on 30 i mean i don't stand out there for 20 hours setting it on the wrong yardage but i just need a quick picture of what's going to happen if this you know if i got it set on too much yardage or if i got it set on too little yardage how high or low do i need to aim if if that absolutely has to happen and another thing we see a lot is people uh, especially with longer bows and they got some sort of a bar in front of their stand and then they draw back way down and when they shoot their cam rolls over and nails that tree stand and either derails it blows it up warps the cam be careful yeah that's why i still think if you're like especially well i like to go practice either way but like if you're using a climber get in the backyard shoot your bow out of a climber you know if, if you can go to where you're hunting at a couple weeks before the season starts and throw out a block target shoot out of the stand because you never know you know there might be a limb you don't see or the angle I just don't think many people shoot from an angle and then they get up there and hit crazy shots and they think, oh, it was the broadhead, it was the bow, it was the peak twisted, it was the quiver fell off, it was the sun in my eyes, it was the too cold, it was too hot. I just, I get tired of hearing it. Oh yeah, I mean, I'll be the first one, I've made bad shots before. Oh, I've made bad shots. Bad decision. You know, should have, you know, been a little bit too dark, should have never took the shot, but that adrenaline's pumping, like, mm -hmm. okay. And you just make a bad decision. I mean, swallow your pride and own up to it if you do. I mean, yeah, yeah like Jeremy said, practice how you tree stand. Yeah. I mean, and, pra and here's another thing, practice shooting 
in the seated position. Yeah, any anything that might happen while you're hunting, definitely practice it yeah. ahead of time. Even um, well, I hate I don't like to hunt in the rain. I try not to, but me if you too. if you go hunt in the rain with like a raincoat and all that crap on, here's what happened to a guy I know real well. He was hunting, had this big baggy raincoat on, deer comes out, big nice eight pointer if I remember right. He shoots the string catches his big old sleeve, makes all kind of racket. And this is no joke. The deer looks up at him as the arrow is en route. And the, the arrow hit him square between the eyes. Killed the deer, believe it or not. Oh, I mean, I, I guess you shoot it in the head, it would. But mm -hmm. he, that was just a lucky... It hit him between the eyes and I guess got the old brain or something. I don't know. But he said that deer blowed a couple times and blood just blew out of its nose and he killed it. And... uh but that was just luck, you know what I mean? Go If you're gonna have a raincoat on, or a, if it's cold and you're gonna have a big coat, shoot with it on. I used to always keep an arm guard mm -hmm. in my bag because I'm gonna have some kind of jacket on. I wanna keep that thing pinned back to where it's not gonna, you know what I mean? It's not gonna affect my shot, but and anyway. If you, and if you cheat, take an old pair like a black oh, dress yeah. sock, yeah. cut the toe out of it, and you can pull it right over your arm sleeve, yep. and it'll keep that jacket tight. I always, I've got one I've got I got one as a black sock that I keep in my bag for a spare, and then I've got one in my safety harness. If you're not wearing a safety harness, please do yourself a favor and go get oh, one. Oh man, that's something. That's no joke. I know two people now. One was a super close buddy, uh, Daryl, and Daryl fell out of a tree. Actually, three. Now I think about it, Chris, Chris Powell. Yeah. Daryl fell out of a tree. A lock on it broke and. Uh, my other buddy Travis found him. At, said Daryl was trying to call somebody, but the, his phone was covered in blood to where the touch screen wasn't working. They flew in a helicopter and all this stuff, and they said literally minutes later Daryl would have been dead. He was in the hospital and in rehab and all that for months. And I went and seen him, and I was like, wow. And he still he had so many pins and stuff put in his arms and hands and legs and all this stuff. He still has all these pains from it. And then Chris. Got up in his stand, said he'd been sitting there a little bit, said he just had pulled his phone out, his wife or somebody had texted him, and said just bam, the strap broke, down he went, same type of story. Had all sorts of surgeries, and then Dan Renner, his brother Gary, mm -hmm. uh, he fell off his stand, broke his back, uh, belly crawled up to the highway, flagged somebody down. Dan's hunting with him, but way off. He hears a helicopter landing, so he gets down, Gary had the keys of the truck. Dan stranded, you know, hour and a half down the road with nobody there. By the time he gets there, the helicopter's gone, the cops or whoever, ambulance, all them's gone. So I forget, he had to flag like a car down and get somebody's phone. It was a mess. But anyway, use a safety harness. I've seen too many people get hurt, and I mean like close to death hurt. Um, I had a stand fall with me because I was like, man, I used to climb in a stand, get up there, kick my feet up and go to sleep. Yep. I never thought twice about me it. Me too. And then I had one, the seat fell on me mm. and it pinned me to my foot piece. Thank goodness the foot piece held up. But I'm, I've had, I remember I've had some of the feet pieces just randomly fall and yeah. it was scary, but I always had them tied off or whatever. Yeah. I could get it back up. And then I was, it was in an old Brent hunt, matter of fact. And I used to always like climbing like a pine tree because it would dig in better. Yeah. But I was in some sort of an oak tree one day, just sit, like you say, kick back. And that's, I bet I went down, it probably went but about a foot, but I thought I was a goner, yeah. you know, and I was like, whoa. Yeah, so just no matter how much of Superman you think you are. Yeah, be safe. Be safe. I mean, I know if you buy a tree stand, I know they come with that little harness that is aggravating a sin yeah. to put on. Get you like a hunter, hunter safety system type thing. They're comfortable, you know what I mean? Like if you do fall... It's not like that. I mean, it use the cheap one if you got to, but yeah. the cheap one kind of hurts. But the hunter safety system is real nice and yeah. keeps you contained good. And some of them have the things where you can descend. And mm -hmm. It's just it's super nice. I mean, I've got a wife and a three-year-old at home. And when I go hunting, that's the first thing I put on when I get out of my truck. Be, and I need to invest in the lifeline where yeah. you can, you know, you use it to climb up and descend. Yeah. Um, and let people know, hey, I'm going hunting. This is where I'm gonna be yeah, at. All that stuff, because like old Dan, Joker had to. He's way down the road. Had to flag somebody down. He's out there left. It's just a mess. But uh, anyway, be be safe, definitely. Yep. I guess we've talked for too long here. Um, 
shoot us some comments in the if you're watching on YouTube or text us again that text line you can text a question or what you want us to talk about or call it and it'll you know do a, some sort of a voicemail beep and then you can ask or whatever on the line and I'll actually put that clip into the podcast and that number is 843 560 9898 give us some uh questions for the next one and this is, what was this, Podcast 7? Podcast 7. Hopefully by Podcast 10, we've got our whole soundboard mess set up. And um, it'll be cool because like when we go to the ATA show, we can set up some sort of thing and do a little podcast. We've been hearing people talk about us doing live stuff. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much in the works. I think I, think I may, I've been kind of sticking to this schedule as I can. I've been putting the podcast out on uh, Wednesdays. And I've been putting other videos out on Sundays, like tuning videos and all that. Now, I missed a couple tuning videos because we were so backed up. We just didn't have time. But we're, we're going to get back on that schedule. And then I thought about doing maybe a Tuesday or Thursday night or even a Friday. I don't know if I'd do it Friday night uh, live feed and putting it at the same time, putting it on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that, just to see what y'all think. I know I did the one live. We were making strings one night, and it was kind of late. And we had a ton of viewers on there, and that was pretty impressive. So um, I just thought about maybe the last hour of the day on whatever, you know, Tuesday night or Thursday night, just firing up a live camera, and you see what you see and hear what you hear, and we can try to keep up. You know, we may be making strings or fletching airs or tuning bows or sitting here talking or whatever, yeah. just kind of hanging out. So we'll, we'll think about that, how we're going to do it. But looks like this is about a 50-minute podcast, a little bit longer than normal. That's another thing we got to ask was, hey, how about instead of 20, 30 minutes going like an hour? So we're close to it. Yep. Um, that's all I can think to talk about. We got this coming out, and then uh, we got some guests coming up, and it should be some cool stuff. We'll have some good deer stories, and now it's cooling off. We'll have yeah. some good deer stories, and uh, we'll go from there. But we appreciate y'all listening appreciate y'all watching we really appreciate the bows that have been shipped in and the arrows ordered and the strings ordered uh that's why we've kept doing them because uh that was our our plan hey if this if we get a good many views and it affects our bottom line sort of we'll keep doing them and it has so uh appreciate it yep and until next time we'll see y'all y'all be safe in the deer woods good luck good luck y'all go slay the sad daddy see y'all later see y'all